What up? What up? What up? Strictly Podcast, man. Episode 116. This mug you looking at right here is uh, the face of Randy Little. The voice of Randy Little. If you want that audio-only pod fixation. Um, this episode this episode is a mess. I'm not going to hold you. I didn't have no like locked-in topic... Writer strike, actor strike, Comic Con was gonna be a dud. Like there's some cool DC animation announcements. Walking Dead, we covered that. Um, but it's kind of like catching up on the huge new releases that have come out recently. We talked Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. We talked Barbie. We talked Oppenheimer. And by we, I mean me, E Sig, Rocket, and Nick G. Uh. Yeah, man. So, speaking of that, recently in a theater, we got Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Came out on a Wednesday, Wednesday the 12th of July. And then, I want to say theater camp came out on the 14th, but, like, let's keep it funky, man. A theater camp came out in, like, six theaters. Uh, Not very campy, if you ask me. And this past weekend, we got Oppenheimer, we got Barbie... But also on Netflix, we got They Clone Tyrone. So, like, don't let the huge theater releases uh, let you sleep on probably one of the better Netflix movies all year. Like, I'll let y'all know when I see it. Um, upcoming, within the next two weeks, uh, Haunted Mansion, uh, the second version, the second adaptation of the Disney theme park ride, Haunted Mansion comes out. The uh, 28th of July. I don't know if it has any competition. There's that Talk To Me horror movie. Like, I don't care about that. Then uh, on the 2nd, another Wednesday release, Paramount is putting Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem out Wednesday, August the 2nd. And then Meg 2, The Trench, on the 4th of August. And then on physical media, the 11th of July... We got After Hours, Criterion, Scream 6, Sisu, Bo is Afraid. Looks like Mission Impossible Rogue Nation got a 4K steelbook. Um, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Book Club, the next chapter. Bro, like, movie collectors went bankrupt on uh, July 11th. And then July 18th, all that really came out was The Last of Us. The, uh video game adaptation that HBO flipped into a TV show. Uh, Charlie Day's directorial debut, Fool's Paradise, also came out. Kandahar with Gerard Butler came out. So, I mean, I guess some stuff did come out last Tuesday. This upcoming Tuesday, looks like So I Married an Axe Murderer is getting a 4K. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2014 4K. I don't know if these are first-time 4Ks. They're just 4Ks. Um, Justice League War World. My uh, anticipated pickup, the Owen Wilson movie Paint, where he practically plays Bob Ross, is also coming out on physical. All I'm seeing is a Blu-ray for that. And then on August the 1st, we got movies. Nah, we got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It looks like um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is getting a 4K. 
Two Guns 4K, Big Lebowski 4K, an an FX combo pack. No, thank you. About my father, Robert De Niro, Sebastian Maniscalco. I wanted to see that, and my theater didn't get it, so that's a blind buy. Um, yeah, man. Like I said earlier, myself and the regulars will be back in a couple seconds to talk your ear off. It's Reckley Podcast. And we back. It's normally Nick that's not ready, but for whatever weird-ass, multiversal, variant-ass reason, it's Rocket. <laughs> um, I wanted to start off by uh, covering Comic-Con, but we all knew that this was going to be like the worst Comic-Con ever. The only news, the only, well, they, uh, they showed the, the Invincible trailer was cool. Um, I feel like there was another cool trailer on Thursday or Friday, but then the DC animated announced a Watchmen movie for next year and a Crisis on Infinite Earths movie for next year. So that's got me hyped. Other than that, there was no big, like, you know, actors are on strike, man, like, and like every major studio was like, yeah, fuck Comic Con this year. They dropped some like Walking Dead stuff, if that counts. Oh, it was kind of like stuff it was coming anyway. Yeah, what um, the Daryl show got a season two. The uh, Maggie Negan yeah. show got a season two. They tease Rick and Michonne, right? Well, the title of the <laughs> the ones who live is that be called Rick and Michonne, which I think is a good call. Normie, I'm 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 just trying to relate to the normies. Normies are just gonna call it Rick and Michonne. Yeah, Rick Michonne. That's why I call it. Clearly called Dead City. Dead City's pretty good. I don't know if we need a season two. It does really make sense to keep putting them together. But I'll watch it. Fuck it. Season one is pretty fun. It's only six episodes long. I'll watch it by 2029. Yeah. They'll still be making them. For sure. They'll be milking it. But that, yeah, that's the only thing that's come that I've really given a shit about. Yeah, maybe like Invincible. Um, Maybe. I feel like there was a trailer I was going to bring up. The Exorcist. Trash. That one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't don't care about that. Trailer. I heard people saying they saw the Exorcist trailer in front of Oppenheimer, but I didn't see it. I did. did. Yeah, I got it. Well, fuck you guys. (laughs) Somebody said said they went and saw it, and they played the Pope Exorcist trailer in front of it. (laughs) Oh, man, come on. You're going to make me spit on the electronics. (laughs) Uh, Fuck. I don't know why. Like, I I love the Holdovers trailer. Ooh, good trailer. I forgot to share it. Nobody cares. But I didn't. I didn't know Alexander Payne had a new movie coming. Yeah, don't make fun of me this week when I post like all his old shit because I just went to eBay and was like, dude, I want to watch his old movies. Yeah, he's yeah, he's one of those directors that really doesn't miss. Like when I I like re looked at his filmography and I was like, should I do like a rewatch real quick? And I was like, oh yeah, all these. Oh movies. yeah. Yeah, like, down, downsizing was fine, but I haven't seen anything else he's done. 
So really, really, that that really? wrong that wrong is gonna get right because I feel like when it comes to like pretentious filmmakers and like filmmakers, you know what I'm saying? Like there there's your Wes Anderson's, your PTAs, and like Alexander Payne might be like a level below that. He's up there. Most of his movies, yeah, tend to be in the Oscar discussion. Independence, <clears throat> I loved. Um, well, sorry, Paul Giamatti, because Killian Murphy's got that on lock. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I like one movie in particular that Alexander Payne wrote. A lot of people don't. Jurassic, Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, uh, I, I thought you were going to say, aren't you Chuck and Larry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He also covered it. I was like, why did you do that? Wow, oh, man. Nebraska was pretty good. Do not think I you like were going to say Jurassic Park 3. He probably wrote the fucking dream scene. Alan. <laughs> <laughs> no <Is> shit. <laughs> um, so I guess we just jump in we're kind of like there's i i didn't have like a locked in topic for this episode we're kind of freestyling so uh mission impossible dead reckoning if you haven't seen it go away because spoilers are inbound um it's up to the three of you to convince me why it's not the second worst not not second worst but second weakest in the franchise go ahead Uh, uh, now go ahead nick after you because it because it kicked ass because it was awesome you had it ranked second best yeah, because well, cause there were multiple times in the movie when I was watching it, and I was like, this isn't as good as Fallout. Like, I was like, ah, this is a little sillier. And then it would hit, like, one of the action, like, the sequences. Like, there's action all throughout, but, like, one of, like, the, the set pieces where they're like, okay, we're going to throw this train off the mountain and see what happens. It would get to one of those, and I'd be like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. This is pure cinema. And nothing is <laughs> Everything else sucks compared to this. But then, like, so I went back and forth with it more times than I did re-watching the other ones. Like, at no point watching Rogue Nation, even though Rogue Nation's great, at no point when I was, like, watching it was I like, this is better than Fallout. This is the best one. Like, I didn't have that with the other ones. I did it more than once with Dead Reckoning. But then at the end, I kept thinking of, like, the story was way sillier overall. Yes. Like, it was, like, goofier. The whole thing where it was, like, this little key is basically God. And you have to fight God. And we have to pick someone from your team to die. Like, it was, like, a little goofy. It might have been the goofiest one since number two. For sure. But I enjoyed it more than two, for sure. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, the next one comes out. But right now, I've got it ranked really high. I know uh, somebody said, with the spoilers, right? Yeah. With the, the train sequence, when it's hanging off the mountain and they're going from car to car, um, I can't take credit for this. My cousin was like, man, this movie did Uncharted better than Uncharted. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure that uh, like watching it I, I don't know if it's really a knock it might be kind of a knock it's like there were multiple things in it that I was like I've seen this happen in recent movies this is doing it better 
But like there were multiple things that like had just been done in Indiana Jones like a couple weeks earlier. Yeah. And I was like, this is better. Like, <laughs> I thought Haley Atwell's character was very similar to Phoebe Waller Bridge's character in Indiana Jones. And people like hated on her character, but they loved Haley Atwell's character. I was like, they're kind of the same. I love them both. Yeah. I love them both, but they do the same thing. Like, I saw a lot of people saying, like, Phoebe Waller Bridge, like, she was so annoyed. About was money, and then like they would do something, and then she would flip the script and turn on them and steal something or something like that. And I'm like, Haley Atwell did that 20 times, multiple times. They they're doing a car chase. She's like, Oh, we're in a car chase together, and the next thing you know, she like unhooks herself and runs away. And she's like, Sorry, that's like that was Indiana Jones that happened like two weeks ago, yeah. But, but uh, like you said, um, one of the movie does it better. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Like I said, car chase. I mean, even the car chase. You look at like they're in a car chase, setting up a car chase through a city, and they have to get in a little tiny car. It's like that's what they did in Indiana Jones, and they're just yes. racing streets. It's also kind of what they did in Fast and the Fast X, racing yes. through the streets. Yes, but it was still better. It was like the best car chase out of all of them. It had better car chases than Fast X. <laughs> Shame on you, Vincent Diesel. Let me ask y'all this. I mean, Mark Sinclair. I had a question about all of the movies that they do this for. I think they've done it since part one. All of the I movies. Don't like Mission Impossible. To a degree, I kind of like uh, probably look away or something. The opening credits. It always shows the movie. I noticed that during this like it, recent rewatch. Yeah. The opening credits for yeah. every Mission Impossible shows you highlights of what you're about to see. Yeah. But that's that's a that's a nod to the TV show. But okay, we get it. But yeah. still, it's it's uh, I could do without that, you know. I agree. Here's all yeah. your spoilers that you just bought a ticket for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like. But oh yeah, another question. Um, and another thing. Before the strike, had they started filming part two? I believe so. I, I don't know. I thought about that. Cause Cause I was like, Eric, did you um? Eric, did you hear the Simon Pegg smart list? Oh, um, did I, did I, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. So he said he said they started filming Dead Reckoning Part 1 in like 2021. Yeah, and well, the, a minute ago. They were working on to, they had their press promotion, whatever, like July, August, and they were going to start back up to finish Part 2 in August. Not anymore. Yeah, that was, yeah. I don't know. And that's another thing that was, um, that's crazy how thing. booked how booked Smartless must be. Those interviews yeah. that's, that are new to us is are as old as three months ago. Yeah. I, yeah, like, yeah, they'll mention shit, like, 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 uh, Sean Hayes and his, uh, his, his, his stage play, his Broadway show. Yeah. And I'll be trying to, like, pinpoint, so, like, maybe this was recorded here. Because there was one, like, I'm, like, halfway through the Tom Holland episode. It's, like, multiverse of podcasts yeah. right now. But, because somebody mentioned the Super Bowl in like one of the more recent yeah, episodes, and it was <laughs> it was it was like the Kaylee Cuoco episode or somebody, and it was like Arnett's birthday, so it was like recorded right. like the beginning of May or something. Yeah, like Nick and Rocket, y'all really should be listening to the show. Y'all like uh... <laughs> I, I, when, when I was when, when I, I did watch the show. 
I was going to say, when I was watching the show and Nick said how funny it was, I told him it's the be- best podcast that we're not on. The baby Which was that one? Smartless. So Jason Smartless. Bateman, yeah, Sean Hayes, Will Arnett. It's great. I'll check it out. That show had me rolling when they were ordering food. <laughs> he was on the phone. That shit was so stupid. Oh, no, bro. Like, we Bateman was like, on, he was on the desk with one of the clerks t- talking about like Arnett and all the like all the shit he needed. Yeah, yeah it was hilarious. Uh, anyway. But anyway. So. <laughs> anyway. Back to the mission. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, what's the word? Um, I guess. I don't know any if nobody else have anything to say, we'll, we'll segue into the the now actors and writers strike. I would like to hear Rocket's thought on Dead Reckoning, fool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rocket, you liked it? No. I apologize, I'm still waking up. I'm here, no. but my mind is still in bed. So <laughs> at first, I'll be honest with you, when I was watching, I was like, this movie is solid, it's great. And then when Rebecca Ferguson died, it went from an eight to a one. I was like, no way, no way. I was, I was upset, highly upset. I don't think she's dead. I don't think she's dead. I hope not. But I think Fallout, I still think is the top. I can see this being in maybe my third or fourth spot, though, because I think it goes Fallout, Rogue Nation, and that's where things get. You know, convoluted for me other things. The lot, you know, out of the seven so far, seven is Mission Impossible two, but at the end of the day, it's like it's between basically three, four, five, six. Like anyone's could flip flop. Number three is highly underrated, um, I- and that's that's the thing because I have problems with do I put that in front of Ghost Protocol? Is pro- like I f- I find those depending on day of the week. They could flip flop for me. I still have three But I honestly second. think Dead Reckoning might be like either fifth or sixth. My man. Because my thing, my thing is this is was it Ooh. good? Yes. It was it was solid, solid entry. And like like certain movies, certain franchises, something has to be at the bottom, whether it's good or not. Even this there's yeah. entries where or franchise where all the movies are good and it's something just has to be John Wick. As a yeah, John exactly. Wick. Like, you know, something has to be at the bottom, you know, so I think it's okay that it's the fourth one. Yep. For a part one, I think it's pretty solid. The way they ended it, it was pretty good. Let's see what part two brings, though. I'll see it. Like, I can see it. Was that a movie? But I felt like watching this, like it was trying to live up to Fallout. Like it was was trying to be. It wasn't just like. Fast and scary, where it got to a point where they were like, oh, "Let's just make another one." The people wanted, even though they it were about like, to blow up the bridge the exact same way. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like big bomb. And I heard everybody in the theater go, "Oh!" And I was like, "Now y'all didn't do that." Where were y'all in May? Yeah, you didn't. Do it. it when the Fast X did it, it was it was over the top and silly. Yeah, but I was yeah. believe we buy it from Mission Impossible. Because we've been doing it for over 25 years. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, in Fast X, those bombs were just a tad bit gigantic. Also, bro, like, S.I. Morales was, like, such a cooler villain than Jason Momoa, but Jason Momoa knew what movie he was in. Yeah. yeah. He went to the Acme 
Looney Tunes store and bought <laughs> bombs from Wiley e. Coyote. T and T. Hoover Dam. 200 pounds of T and T. The million dollar question is Tom Cruise did his crazy stunt with the bike off the cliff in part one. Is there something in coming in part two that he's going to do? Or is that all part of the whole thing? So. Maybe they don't put it in the trailers this time. Yeah. Hey, yeah, there's a whole thing. I was watching Avatar. There was a whole thing before Avatar, and they were like, and now, especially yeah. And it wasn't a special look. It was just that. Like, we're doing the craziest thing we've ever fucking done. And everybody was like, why does he do this? Are we, though? <laughs> that. It was like, oh, and okay. shout out, shout out to the, the, the good CG that Harley gets mentioned, because behind the scenes, it's obviously a ramp he's driving up. Yeah. Yes. And then in the movie, is it's the mountain. It's, um, I'm like, it's seamless. Yeah. And I and, do, um, like, when he does these things, like, I think that's what makes the, you know, in Ghost Protocol when he climbs the building, what makes that good? It's like anybody can do that. Well, then not everybody can do that. But, like, you know, Mission Impossible 2, it just shows him climbing a mountain for, like, no fucking reason. <laughs> Uh, uh, and it's easy the Burj Khalifa thing is great because the whole time he's doing it the the vibe is like what the fuck are we doing like why are we doing this like, like, he's got the clothes and they fought he's like you're, he's like you're running out of rope he's like no shit like everything about <laughs> this sucks. and I felt like that with the bike it was still good because he's just riding the bike and he's talking to Benji, and he's like, what the fuck am I doing? And he's like, no, you're good. Just keep driving. Yeah. And, God damn it. I like I hope they keep doing that, like, making it, it feel like uh, Mission Impossible. And then they look at the camera and go like that. That's kind, that's kind of what I'm knocking it for. Dead Reckoning Part 1 was kind of another ghost protocol where nothing worked. And even a even a sandstorm, <laughs> right? And it's like the Burj Khalifa shit was was brilliant. It had like if you don't do this, the mission's over. We we fail. Mm-hmm. Same God. thing with this. Like he had to make it to the train, but it's like the, yeah. the the mask machine was fucking up. He he ran out of road, like, and then and then he like had to crash into the train, like literally crashed into the train. I loved that. Like, I yeah. like, land on top of the fucking train. Fun. And it's like, no, he he went, like, crashing into it. Like, you almost forgot because it was the other scene was happening. You were like, oh, there he is. Like, I like that. I was like, at least it's not, like, Haley Atwell makes everything better, by the way. That's <laughs> I think we mentioned in the that like she dies early in the movie, sort of, and then it's like fake, and then she died in. That's Rebecca Ferguson, sir. They, yes, that, that's what I said. Oh well, you cut out, so I didn't hear that. Whatever. <laughs> Neither did the but audience. I, I feel it kind of lessened a little bit, like her actual death, assuming she is actually dead. It, it sort did. of lessened that a bit, but also, I don't love that it was like okay, she died and then immediately the next 
Haley Atwell gets inducted into the crew, I was like, you can't. It, it feels like it's like you can't have two women. You can have like five dudes that, <laughs> but you cannot have one woman on the. T- Otherwise, Tom Cruise has to sleep with one of them, and we can't do <laughs> the vibe. And I was like, I don't love this. They both. I feel like they both could have been on the team. Yeah. And like at the end, Palm Clementine is like kind of switched allegiances. I feel like she could be on the team. Has she though? She saved him on the train pretty bigly. <laughs> Better. I don't trust her. I don't trust her either. She she's a badass and stole like every scene she was in, but I don't trust her. Counter argument though. She's really a oh. top I trust. Sustained. <laughs> <laughs> My, my whole thing is this, too, is I know we've all heard this with the Academy or not the Academy, just actors in general, that there should be a award given out for stunts. Tom Cruise would win every year. That's not fair. Well, it's not, it's, it's, I think if they do it, it should be as a crew because I know he did that jump numerous times. And even though, even though it's on a ramp, remember, he's still... Got to get his way up onto that ramp. Any pebble rockets that tire the wrong way, man, that's... I mean, you know how perfect they had to, they had to do that over and over and over again just to do that stuff. Yeah. But also, but also, I agree with you, Nick. Like like I said, I think the movie's great, but I also agree with Randy on this part, is when uh, Haley Atwell was in trouble on the train and that train sequence was fantastic, it was too coincidental that he was going to crash in just when she was going to get shot. Like, I, you, you could see that coming from a while because, remember, he's trying to, where do I land, where do I land? And then you don't see him for a good couple of minutes. So you already knew, A, she wasn't going to die, and B, Tom Cruise is going to come smashing into that at that moment. But I do agree with you, Nick, in the sense of with Re- Rebecca Ferguson, you know, during the sandstorm, the fake death. At first, I'm like, oh, they're not going to kill her this early. Yeah. But then the way he was telling the story, I was like, oh, maybe she did that. And he, all of these scenes are flashbacks, but it doesn't make any sense because in the trailer, it doesn't look that way. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's like, give and take. I hope they, I hope she does come back. But then also, if she does, even though it sucks that supposedly she died in this, if she does, then it's, what are we, in the MCU? You know, it's, it's like, it's, right. it's, but he's coming back. You know, it's just fast and furious. He's Han. Yeah. I don't trust Kittredge either. Killing her off to me, just in general, is kind of a dumb. Not great, considering how much she stole Rogue Nation. Because I remember when that came out, she was not like super well known. And she kind of, you know, it was just like one of those things. She had the dress and she lifted the leg and it was. The collective response was like, who the fuck is this? And it was like, in a lot of things. And then she was in Fallout. She was great in that. So I feel like it's kind of like a step to take her out of the frame, unless she wanted to be gone, which is always possible. Yeah. Still, I I thought the movie was great. I, I thought it was great. And the people I saw it with thought it was great. That doesn't always happen. It didn't happen for the Flash. It didn't happen for Fast. It there was not like a crowd. I don't know energy. 
though. I hope they keep making them. I was saying it was like this that came out like the day after I saw it the day after my 33rd birthday. And the first one came out when I was six. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Oh, man. So what's that? Eric wants to talk about baseball strikes or something or other. Nah, or before, I guess, one more Mission Impossible thing. I think it's one thing we can agree on about the series. Nope. Um, <laughs> you gonna feel bad after this. Nah. Uh, happy birthday to Philip Seymour Hoffman, who would have been 56 today. Yeah. Uh, and, um, still the best the villain best in the franchise. Villain. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, no, he, like, he is. Like, like are, well, yeah. are we calling Cav- Cavill the Fallout villain? Uh, well, he he was the name, but technically he was working for Old Boy, wasn't he? Yeah. Right. So it was still. He's a glorified henchman. Yeah. yeah. So the Ro- Rogue Nation and Fallout had the same villain. I'm blanking on names, but he's solid. He's not like a household name, but he, he was yeah. really good. I'd, was I'd, good. I'd, I'd call him two. Like they gave him two movies to, you know, do his thing, but he's still not as good as Philip Seymour Hoffman. Nah. No. I'll say S.A. Morales though. Was he's pretty solid? I'd give him third. Yeah. He was. I didn't. I felt, and again, maybe they're doing a part two, so it's like whatever. I didn't. I don't think they like drove home him and Ethan's connection enough. I think they're going to show that whole flashback in the second part. Yeah, I agree. What was that like? His wife that we don't know or like his girl or whatever that girl got a poster for yeah Rick. yeah she got a character poster because i was looking back at the character posters that i posted i just kind of picked some random ones to fill it out hey and she's I feel cute. like I, jay wiggum and put her in just because i was like oh it's another girl cool 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 and like i just put her in and i was like who is that and i like <laughs> look at so the poster and hot and then i went and looked on wikipedia and it took me a while to figure out i was like oh that's just the girl from the flashback that we don't really see. Yeah. Do uh what's the 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 god's eye? What's the fucking machine called? Entity, the entity. The entity? Yeah. The it- how, how did I forget that? Um yeah. Dude, I feel like this this thing is scared of Ethan and this this and this. I think because of the the past between Ethan and SA Morales, SA Morales is done in the next movie. Uh, they're gonna. They'll probably have like one like really good sequence or whatever, but I think the entity's gonna take him out because he's gonna be well. Ethan, Ethan can turn him, so he's got to go or something. I don't know. It's kind of silly. <laughs> like this, like the movie wasn't. I'm waiting for it to be the Wizard from Wizard of Oz, man. Messing around with like it's silly. Plot twist. But it's still good. I'm hoping it doesn't get to like the Fast and Furious point where it's like Jesus, they're in space. It's like Jesus, he's fighting God. But Tom Cruise is working on a movie in space. Kind of goofy. It could be a Tears of the Sun thing. Like they wanted Tears of the Tears of the Sun to be Die Hard, and Bruce Willis like flipped the script. This space movie that Tom Cruise is working on could turn into a Mission Impossible (laughs) Eleven. Be like, wait, what are we doing? Are we just redoing James Bond? First break. 
Uh, I don't know. Y'all, y'all can't decide where Barbie or Oppenheimer or Boppenheimer or Oppenarbie. <laughs> what y'all want to do? Uh, I want to talk about the Flash and how it's not in any theaters anymore. My theater doesn't have anything released before July now. Dang. Doing one or two showings a day at most of my theaters. I think that's about it. That and Spider-Man are still around. Indiana Jones is gone. Ruby Gilman's gone. No Hard Uh, Feelings is gone. We got... The oldest movie we got now is Joyride. Joyride is gone for most of mine. Yep. It lasted two weeks. That was it. People missed out because that shit was hilarious. Yeah, that's kind of kind of sucks that they just smacked that where they put it. That's what should have been scheduled against Oppenheimer. We could have had no hard feelings versus Joyride thing. Because Joyride was better. It was. But anyway, so we've all, we've all seen Barbie. Rocket, you're watching it tonight. I'm watching it tonight. Okay, well, everybody dies. I'm good with that. I like movies like that. <laughs> so I guess no spoilers if we're going to talk Barbie. Are there really spoilers in Barbie? It's like, are there really spoilers? I mean, like, I could, I didn't, like, feel comfortable talking about anything specific in my review. Yes. I will say this. I will say when it's come to Barbie, like I said, I stay off Twitter I mean, it's bar- it's a Barbie movie, but I heard it's very, you know, it's pro-woman, which is great. But I hear some people say sometimes they beat you over the head with this. Some people say, no, you got it's a good taste. It's a good fun. It's they say, you know, Michael Sarah's fantastic in this. Like, yes. I'm hearing different things yes. about it. So like me, you got to go in with when you see movies like that. Put your, check your EO at the door and just enjoy the movie. Yeah. Eric, you my, you, you played Michael with Barbies Sarah. growing up. Did the Michael Sarah character <laughs> like? Did he only have one doll made? Period. Oh, is he Alan? I think Alan. so. That's what I heard. That's his character, Alan. Uh, uh, so so when I looked it up, and basically, yeah, that's that's for real. That's hilarious. That's funny. And, I swear- and he's dressed exactly like the doll, just the clothes it had on. <laughs> that's that's funny. funny. All right, that's that's funny. That's comedy. I remember pregnant Barbie, but I guess it was just Midge was yeah. the one. And that shit was hilarious. Like yeah. every time yeah. the girl saw her and he went, ah. Like, I thought we, I thought you were discontinued. Yeah, but without spoiling, well, I guess, and speaking of Michael Sarah, you got to give him credit. That's throughout his whole career, which is like, it's 20 years plus now, right? Yeah, the rest of yeah. development, yeah. If there were ever an actor who knew what his role was and doesn't have a For problem sure. with it, you know, and he does, and it's, he has some funny scenes in the movie. For sure. Yeah. I'm but, um, sorry, dudes. But I want to speak of um, of one actor in the movie without giving away too much, and I like what his um his storyline was. Uh, Ryan Gosling as as Ken, <laughs> scene stealer. Ryan Gosling. I've heard of him. Now, oh my God. So, there's one category I want to talk about with both movies we're going to talk about. The Barbie and Oppenheimer. Best Supporting Actor. And if the Academy will get that stick out of their butts about comedies, 
I think what Ryan Gosling did in this movie is deserving of the least conversation. I think the Greta Gerwig factor will get him in the discussion. And, and, and I hope so, because, man, it was <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, yeah. just the, 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 and, oh, I, I was about to say the phrase. I can't say the phrase. Because uh, I don't want to spoil it. I'm sorry. Was, I've been hearing that he was underused a little bit. Gosling? Yeah. No. no. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. No. Like some people saying this, some people saying that. Some people wish there was more Ryan Gosling. H- him like, and Margot Robbie were both brilliant. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're probably saying that because they liked what he did. I wanted gotcha. to see okay, more. That makes that. more sense. Yeah. yeah. I thought Margot yeah. Robbie was great, too. It was like a lot of the early word was like, oh, Ryan Gosling is this is performance of his career. It was like. Is it, though? It would have been enough for Margot Robbie to just be cast as Barbie and just kind of not do much. Just be like, ah, hey, look at her. She's Barbie. She's great in mm-hmm. the movie. But you compare to the last movie she did was fucking Babylon. I loved her oh, in yeah. Babylon, too. Yeah. I was, it's like, are we taking Margot Robbie for granted because she's like the most beautiful human being on the planet that we're just yeah. like, oh. Look at Margaret Robbie. She's Barbie. It's like, no, but she. this is a great performance for Margaret. Yes. And, and I like that they made a joke about that. Y'all know when yeah. you are. I won't say it. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, was... Boring it's a self-aware movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I heard. Also, if we're going about giving out maybe some nominations, like I said, I've only seen Oppenheimer, but if Emily Blunt, Robert Downey Jr., and Killian Murphy don't get at least recognition or even nominated something's wrong and and, Rem, and remy yeah, malik and dane dehan and jason clark and, <laughs> and, and casey affleck and no no no. let's speak about that god dog all these people that they didn't advertise that's what i tried about. to like i try to inject it into my like letterbox review because like i i get i push record on youtube and i don't know what the fuck i'm saying i'm just trying not to spoil the movie but yeah. i like is there a better ensemble ever I don't remember what we was talking about within like the last like two or three months, but this could be one of those like one scene, five minutes of screen time, like nomination yeah. discussion movies. I mean, even Rami Malik. I mean, I'll be so he's it's funny because Rami Malik shows up in a certain part of a movie. He's like the assistant, doesn't say a word. I'm like, yeah, he doesn't oh. talk. He don't talk. I'm like, <laughs> until that last like, hour. Award winner, not saying anything. I was like, all right. Then they show him again. I'm like, oh, he's gonna say something now. Doesn't talk again. I'm like, what's going on? But then he then he blows it off. I was the about to say right he, he had a lot to say in that last so hour though. Yeah. There's a so, character who's who's in the so, trailer. And y'all probably know this. Now go ahead, Randy. Listeners, viewers, we not spoiling Barbie. My man Rocket has not seen it. We are spoiling Oppenheimer. If you have not seen that shit, fuck off. And it won't even be spoiled. Yeah. In- just really, the, the little things we were talking about. Jerry Seinfeld is in Oppenheimer. Newsflash, it happened. They did yeah. it. But who's the, the... This this character, this actor is in the trailer. Every single trailer. And I didn't realize who the actor was. I'm like, get the heck out of here. Wait, what? And I don't know if it was a fat suit or really him who oh, gained the weight. Benny Safty? No, David Crumholtz. Oh, Crumholtz. Yeah, 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 for sure. Has to be because he just did Santa Claus the TV uh, he, series on Disney. I was looking at so, I was looking at him when like he meets Oppenheimer. Like, damn, buddy, put on some pounds. Boy, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's not him, but boy, that is him. That's him. <laughs> Am I the only you, one that 
Chris, he was on that show Numbers, maybe yes. like 15 oh, yeah, years. Yeah, he was, uh, he was on and that, yeah. He was like, I don't know, for lack of a better word, like he was like hot. Like he was in like The Sexiest Man Alive and all that stuff. Like he's hot crumb holes. <laughs> we're watching that and being like, <laughs> like Randy's reaction. What? Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Is this is this like still Jewish? Ten things I hate about you, David Krumholtz. Uh, yeah, from the Santa Claus, but it was like a is, thing. Is this show the neighbor from Harold and Kumar talking about eating wieners? Yeah, I remember it. I'm not making that up in my head. But anyway, no, you're right because I, I watched that show and he was he was he was a thing when um that show was, was out. He had like long hair. And it was like ooh the hot physicist or whatever. And I was like Krumholtz. Yeah, they they always every show like that. Those police procedure always have the the young hot guy, and and, and they tried to make him that. And I think <laughs> Randy's like, for Randy's questioning his whole life, right? Now. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've never heard David Crumholtz, the, yeah. the, the yeah. guy taking it but, back, um, taking it back. The guy that forced Michael Sarah to sing in Superbad. Uh, <laughs> This is wow. my, you're not gonna sing for him. Referred to as attractive. Hey, hey, and I'm not saying he's not hot now. That's not for me to say. <laughs> it might be. But um I don't know. I didn't Great. it was a lot. I didn't know that um I probably heard that Josh Hartnett was gonna be in a movie and he was great in the movie. I, great. I dare you to find an actor that's not in Oppenheimer. Yeah, and like um, Randy said, um, they gave um, is it um, Benny Sadafi or Zafdi um, a meaty role? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he everybody, wasn't just in it. And like everybody, it's like Casey Affleck. What was the one scene? He got eat in that one scene. It was like we're gonna give you one, yeah. but it is pivotal to the story. Yeah, and he's like, you have to be kind of creepy. Whatever. Like really lay into your role. And he's like, no, I got you. I have an Oscar. Yeah. I- Say less. <laughs> yeah, right. But even my guy, Tony Goldwyn, is in it. And nobody, probably not many people know who Tony Goldwyn is. And he's he's the main guy in that room that, okay, we're going to make this decision. Nope. And, and the security I mean, clearance board. Yeah, when he was talking, you know, you listen. That's the thing is, in this movie, Alex Wolf is in it. I mean, it's every, like, everybody got it. Yeah, they were Jack Wade. I just couldn't do it. I mean, like everybody was. <laughs> there were everybody was took the list, and I, I saw some people. And I was like, oh, I didn't see him in there. But um, yeah, like, yo, Jason Clark. Who? Jason Clark was. Clark, getting yeah, it. I feel like the direction was like, all right, you're in a couple scenes. You maybe got ten minutes total of screen time. You need to eat. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that was the yeah. direction. Jason, Jason, um, Jason. No one's seen you since Planet of the Apes. We need you to <laughs> do it. But yeah. There's a saying, and um, I'm sure y'all have heard it. There, the old school saying about acting, I guess, there are no small parts, only small actors. All right, Roger. This is the movie that, like, drives that home. Like, this will forever, yeah. like, the Will Smith, like, on the red carpet meme, like, exhibit it. Right, right. and there you go. G- Gary Oldman is in one scene. Oh man! <laughs> don't don't let that crybaby back in here. Yeah, <laughs> bro, he killed he killed him when he left. But it's like, bro, like, how nobody can understand. Like this dude made a weapon of mass destruction that killed hundreds of thousands. Like, of course he feels a way, bro. Fuck yeah. fuck the president. 
So, man, speaking, we're talking about all these actors. Unless there was a sneaky cameo over the phone or on the radio, which it probably is, this is the first movie. Michael Caine. Yeah, right? That's a, like, name an actor who wasn't in a... <laughs> Michael Caine. Like he did on Dunkirk. He was he was on the radio. But technically still in the movie. There's some sneaky cameo. Yeah. He's in there somewhere. We just have to do Yeah. Maybe. Uh-uh. But so how about that? How about that, Matt Damon? Oh yeah, we <laughs> all this talking. We looked over him. Hold and, it on. And, um, that's another guy right there who's pretty solid. Yeah. He, between this and Air, like he's had a good year, doing really cool. Like, and that's something else, like every performance in Oppenheimer was cool. It was like uh, Emily Emily Blunt hasn't gotten to have like a really cool performance in a while. Like even Quiet yeah. Place, she's great in those movies. It's still kind of like, all right, you got to show up for your horror sequel. All right, here's Jungle Cruise. You got to show up. The, this it's like those are kind of like the one for me, one for them that they talk about. It's like those she's been doing one for them roles yeah. for like a few years, and I just feel like everyone that was in this, even like the people that were in tiny little roles. Like they all did this because they wanted to do it, right? It's like, yeah, but it was a name, and this was kind of everybody's like one for them. Even though it was a giant studio movie, everybody was like, "Yes, I get to do real cinema." Yeah, did y'all but, um, right? um did y'all catch the dude who inspired Walter White was played by the goofy dude from Army of the Dead? Yeah, he played um Heisen <laughs> Heisenberg, the real Heisenberg. Heisenberg. Get his and, name. Schweighoffer? Like, yeah, but it's like, you know him. It's like, we need a really, like, jerk. A real dude. jerk? Yeah. Looks jerk. If that's even a thing, we need a dude who looks German. And it was like, there is. There is the German Ca- guy. Call Zack Snyder. And, and my, um, my argument for um, RDJ... Robert Downey Jr. winning. Take away all of his scenes in the movie and leave that last scene he's in. Fantastic. Fantastic. When he's talking to the guy and the guy was like, maybe they were talking oh. about something other deep, something more important. That scene. Yeah. That whole like that whole portion of the movie, like that shit was such an evolution. Cause it's like yeah. Oppenheimer was like at the hearing or whatever, and he makes his quips. And like at first it seemed like Downey was kind of like laughing about it. But then it just builds and builds and builds into how Downey's yeah. character was like so butthurt, and that was his agenda to like get his clearance and shit denied to set him up with Jason Clark and all that shit. Like that that whole that last hour like was worth the price of admission alone. Yeah, that that was like because as he was a lot of the buzz I had heard was how Robert Downey Jr. was so great in the movie, and as it was going on through most of the movie, I was like, he is great. I was like, everybody else, everybody's greatness. I was like, maybe most of the praise is just coming from the fact that he's not doing Tony Stark anymore. Like, even in his stuff, Especially like after Doolittle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> God. At, or you watch that movie, like, The Judge that he did a few years he's ago. He's really good in The right. Judge. Yeah, it is. But he's still kind of doing his Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark. Like, for for sure. And, and I was that's like, the thing, yeah. Maybe that's where the praise is coming from in this, that he is leaning away from that so much. Then that last maybe 45 minutes, hour, the, his character really starts to kind of unfold. And it's like, wait, yeah, this is the best performance he's ever given, maybe. 
Holy shit, wait. And you know something, and I'm glad you brought that up, Nick. Um, I think we got, I think it's a fact, we definitely got spoiled with um, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. For sure. I think so much spoiled that we forget that he's doing a, he's doing a really good job acting as Tony Stark. And I yeah. think his best performance as Tony Stark is in Infinity War. And one of my favorite scenes oh, yeah. is when he's talking to Doctor Strange about going to Titan. And um, Doctor Strange is trying to figure out how they're going to get home. And there's this moment when he's like walking back and forth thinking um, Robert Downey Jr. And watch that. You'll see like a lot of actory stuff that he's doing, but you're not really noticing. And but yeah, and even Robert Downey Jr. himself said people confuse him with being Tony Stark. He said Tony Stark is an A personality and I'm really a B personality. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to we we like we have a hard time separating the two and i think that's kind of motherfuckers act like he wasn't like a part of the brat pack era play charlie chaplin yeah. like had a whole yeah. fucking charlie career chaplin. before iron man right and i'm glad tropic thunder is in there in the middle yeah, yeah. it's just that's still my favorite performance from him <laughs> yeah it's so layered people forget every time people and y'all know this people try to can't like every other year people try to cancel that movie Ben and Stiller, fuck you. It's not gonna happen because it's so layered. There's context to the satire that's going on. It's not just Robert Downey Jr. doing blackface. It's yeah, that's not what yeah. it is. Oh, bro, oh, but, yeah. Yeah, that character was so caught up in what the fuck did he say to Einstein? Einstein didn't even look at me. Alden Ehrenreich, yeah. whose, whose character oh, doesn't even have a name. That reveal yeah. was so dope. Maybe oh, they were yeah. talking about something. A little more important and then they reveal the conversation that shit was so good yep and that's and that's the brilliance of nolan like we were saying when it came to you know robert downey jr that last hour 45 minutes to an hour i felt like we saw two movies in one for the first two hours it was killian murphy as oppenheimer that last hour it was all about rdj's character and how it all came together and i think Mm -hmm. it was so seamless so seamless Facts. that that the way it was transitioned, it was like, you know, he, he's being villainized. I mean, granted, he's like they said, on, on yeah. the, on the, and that part where they had the Time magazine, the father of the atomic bomb, you know? And, yeah. yeah. And the sad thing about it is, what people, the point that I think people miss is when he made the bomb, he was trying to use this as a tactic for peace. Look, we have this weapon. We'll let the world know, but we want to keep peace. And I think that's the part people are missing. It's like the Titanic. When people look, you ain't know what happened to the Titanic. It sank, but people went to see it. It's how it happened. That's what we, That's why people come to see this. How did this all come and evolve into, you know, the atomic bomb and the sound editing, the sound mix, the cinematography. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean... It's fantastic. And by the way, I got two words for you. Suck it. You know. <laughs> you said Orange it out, man. View. That's all I got to oh, yeah. say. Uh, you know, some. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll let do it. <laughs> Penny oh, for your man. thoughts, Nick? Yeah. It was tasteful. It was tasteful. But no, but that's what I'm saying. Even her scenes. She's you know, great. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Again. I'm sorry. Um, now, go ahead. Uh, 
it just it doubled no, down on his backgrounds and affiliations and all that shit. It was it was yeah. necessary. And um, whatever this person, I'm not gonna say this person name. We were talking off air. They said the characters were unlikable. The movie is presenting him as a flawed character. Yeah. Get out of here. You know he's cheating. It did happen. It's not a spoiler. You know infidelity, and um, yeah, numerous things. Come on. And he owned yeah. all of it. That, that, but that's saying like uh, it's it's like twenty minutes into the movie before there's even a woman, and then when that happens, there's a sex scene, and it's like, okay, I hear you. That is also the point of the like the well, movie. Welcome to the 1930s. <laughs> yeah, 20s. Didn't they meet in the 20s? In the film, yeah, and it's something great in every Nolan film. Um, the, the uh, Rocky movie. was talking about sound editing. I'm on the actual film editing. Yeah. Um, I did something as I think most people did in the trailers and the commercials. We see this one particular scene um, where Einstein is about a pawn and his hat comes off and that scene is in color. Then if something happens in the movie, we see it differently. Like, Hmm. And then something else happens and it comes back around to the, the opposite point of view, which is in color. That's what I wanted to get and, into. Did they specifically tell us what's in color and what's in black and white? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the black and white scene is mostly from um, Strauss's point of view, Robert yeah, Downey Jr.'s character. Ah. And the uh, color sequences um, is flashbacks, Oppenheimer, and the current stuff. So it is two uh, movies. Yeah. It's, yeah, basically, yeah. Now I want to watch it again. Oh, oh definitely. I thought about that. Like my, like, my mom was talking about like maybe wanting to go see it. And I was like, am I going to sit in the fucking crowded IMAX theater right. again for three hours? No fucking way. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like three hours. <laughs> it don't feel like nah. three hours. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, Nick. Yeah. Uh, what formats did we all see it in? Uh, IMAX, obviously, Nick. IMAX. I didn't get, like, millimeter or anything like that, but it was IMAX. Basic, basic bitch <laughs> format. <laughs> He said basic. basic bitch format. Del Rio ain't getting nothing special. <laughs> Same here. No, I saw it in um my the AMC by me. They have seventy millimeter, but um just on a, a regular screen. But they also have IMAX, which is what I saw it on the digital IMAX. And the, the IMAX seventy millimeter is sold out for two weeks by me. And like all the way to the front, but I, I the next time I see it, I'll go. See, I'll let it simmer a bit to go see it in that. But yeah. And 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 David Dasmal Chan, what a bitch! <laughs> he good at those characters though. He Every yeah character. yeah not the Ooh. actor. The actor is in a lot of cool shit, but his character was a bitch. Ooh. Yeah. What a bitches! I thought Benny Safdie was kind of a bitch. I think Safty Safty was a confrontational bitch just trying to find the best possible outcome. Yeah. Emily Blunt, we me and her were on the same page. Oh yeah. Hey bro, she was throwing she, she was throwing glasses and shit. Yeah. Why won't you fight them? Shake your hand? You're a yeah. <laughs> Walks out, he kinda of gives him the head nod. I mean, you're a bitch too. <laughs> but like we were saying too is like like Nick said it. You're gonna eat for this scene. I just feel like 
Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt, especially them two. And Emily Blunt wasn't didn't have much screen time. Like she no. was on there, but when she but like, that scene when she was getting uh-huh. interrogated, that yeah. alone, I was like, yep. Oh, bro, she was killing. Even the old man in the corner was was rocking yeah, with her. Laughing, yeah. Yep. <laughs> she was killing she was Jason Clark. Great. But it was kind of like for a while, like her role was to be the you know the supportive the, wife. Why? And it was yeah. like, well, gotta be the upset wife. But then that role, you know, she went bananas with kind of like her showcasing. Everybody got to kind of do that. And, and also like, that, that scene, right? Even Dane DeHaan showed me that. No matter what he did to her, you know, whether it was the infidelity and all that, she was always by his side and backed him. Take the no sheets down. What? She was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, fuck you, people!" And that's why I said, like, Florence got- Pugh's character, Florence Pugh's character, like, even though they had that weird relationship, I feel like it's you know sometimes it's not you know right time, wrong place, or you know, right place, wrong time. And I felt like that's what happened with them too. But they were each other's, say, glue. Even though she didn't know what she wanted, he knew what he wanted with her. And then with the other ways, she knew what she wanted, but she was afraid to say it. But then when he told her that scene, that's it, we're done. Yeah. That that was heartbreaking in a sense. Even though it was the wrong, wrong choice to make in the sense of what they were doing, she knew, you know, and that even when, you know, when that scene happened, you know, when she ends up doing what she did, you saw what happened with him. She finds him in, in the woods crying like he knew. And I think from that point on, Emily Blunt, like I said, no matter what he did to her, yes, they were married, but she was never his, how can I put it, his glue in that sense. Mm-hmm. It was Florence Pugh and she still stuck by his side. She said, you're a bitch. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> He's like, all these other bitches. You can't be a bitch. Like, okay, you're right. You're right, Victor. <laughs> but, like, they got everybody was like, they got Josh from Drake and Josh. Josh Peck. <laughs> Josh Peck. Yeah. yeah. You're going to be the guy that mans the button. You've got to be a, like, you're going to be in every trip. Fucking Huey from the boys. Like you're gonna yeah. be one of the Josh Hartnett. I haven't seen Josh Hartnett have this much to do in a long time. He was in this and uh, Operation, Operation Fortune would like a word. Yeah, and it was yeah. like Aww. Josh Hartnett. He was in Wrath of Man too. I guess. He was kinda of yeah. <laughs> He said I can't Ah <laughs> uh, bro, but even like uh fucking what what's Dane DeHaan done in the last five years? Like he had a kind of a big role in this. He was yeah, awesome. Yeah. And it- like everybody was a bitch. He was a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Just take a shot every time. But it's true though. It's like, man, you getting getting kind of pissed off in a the movie theater. Like, man, you're a bitch. Everybody, yeah, like everybody was combative. Like, it's it's the forties. <laughs> like, like, like Matt Damon said. Like, this is the most important thing in the history of the world. Like, everybody's on yeah. edge. Everybody has to have their word. Cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, and shout out to the the trailer editing for that line with Matt Damon, because in the actual movie he dropped the f bomb in it. I'm like, man, yeah. that's a good edit. And yeah. it was funny in the movie. Yeah, yeah. if there were yeah. any laughs in this movie, they came from Matt Damon. Zero. Yeah, like, I want zero. 
they frame it like it's like this thing, like he's saying. And in the movie, it's sort of goofy. Like he's yeah, like, but it pushes in, and because he kind of yeah. What a good uh, movie, Matt Damon. I don't. He's just. It's like he's doing really cool things over the last couple of years. Jimmy Kimmel can suck it. Hitting, like it's kind of like Paul Rudd watching. The porn identity. That was not even <laughs> Streisand. Rocking the shit in this one. It's like he did he's done this movie and he did a movie called Stillwater a couple years ago that I feel like not a lot of people watched. Pretty so, uh, yeah. Nope. Sure did not. Right wing type of like every man like guy. And I don't think of Matt Damon as that. America. Think of and he plays the role like really naturally. Like it's not like over the top. Like he's not leaning into some weird accent or doing weird things or anything. Like he he plays it real natural, and he did that again to to me in Oppenheimer. Like he, you think of like who's like a hard ass right wing general who's going to come in and like be the opposite basically of Oppenheimer and his whole crew. And he did it real, it was real believable, just real, like, natural. He wasn't over the top yeah. at all. Even that line that you're talking about is, like, this is the most important thing. It didn't come off as, like, him having a soapbox moment or anything. Like, it, it was just kind of, like, how that character would have reacted, being the polar opposite of these kind of, like, thinking men. Sciences. I, I, I feel like he's kind of, like, I don't know. I kind of wish he would get some awards buzz for the movie. I hope he does. Same. Of all the years to not have, it's like, what are the odds they're going to have SAG Awards this year? Uh, and it's like, yeah. all the years not to have, you you could have Barbie cast versus Oppenheimer cast. Which is like, if both of those have to get nominated. They have to. Yeah. Yeah. What beats Oppenheimer, though? I don't know. But they both have to get nominated, and it's like, they probably aren't even going to do one. Well, just speaking of, no, 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 we—he's uh, still on the movie. Go I, ahead, right? I, I'm just gonna say it's like I'm just excited. Whenever these strikes are over, once you're Dude. in a Nolan movie, you're part of the Nolan family when it comes to future movies. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what Nolan's gonna try to do next, and who is he gonna now involve? <laughs> you got a long list to choose from. Yeah, <laughs> he said, you, know, you, you to watch this movie. You would think that he'd been cooking this up for like ever. Like he, for his life long love has been the atom bomb and he's been wanting to do this. This is his like project. Apparently, Robert Pattinson gave him a book of Oppenheimer quotes when they were making Tenet. And he was, wow, this is pretty fascinating. I'd like to make a movie out of this. And like it's made and out now. Like that's the turnaround. We're talking four. Let's say five years absolute cat like tops. This has been in like his brain, and um, it's already like out and as good as it is. I uh, think that's weird. American like Prometheus. A... Yeah. That's that's weird to me. Prometheus is about weird. aliens. Whatever, dude. Let's break. Uh, and wrap it up after. All right, we still on Oppenheimer. We want to talk some. Writers, actors, strike. What are we going to end with? Talk about more Barbie. <laughs> I'm down. Barbie. 
didn't talk much about Barbie. And he's go just ahead, Nick. Bro, I got a tenth span of an ant. What you guys say, I probably forget by the time I go see the movie at 730. It's not like... I don't think so. There's people on Twitter, like, even with Oppenheimer, they're like, gross, spoilers. I'm like, what? Einstein's in the movie. Like, he's in the trailer. <laughs> he's in the trailer. <laughs> if it's in the trailer, it's fair game. Yeah, he's in every single trailer in commercial. Yeah. Come on, man. This isn't the multiverse of madness where it's like it's time for you to meet. Like it's like <laughs> what? <laughs> no, bro. Like <laughs> there's actually the one scene where he's talking to. He's like a young senator voted no. His name is uh, Kennedy. Yeah, John, John F. Kennedy. <laughs> almost, almost like that, but not really. Yeah, the, oh, yeah. it, it was in the promotion, but the the beat you off gag is like one of the funniest things I'm gonna see all year. I laugh at that shit every time I see yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> this is more for adults than it is for kids. That's what I'm hearing. I do kind of struggle with. They draw the line. Why, you know, like Barbie is PG-13, and in fairness, the trailers and stuff I've seen, like I wouldn't say it was necessarily marketed to children. It does make me kind of question, though, why? Because there's not a whole lot of PG-13 humor. If it had come out in the 90s, it probably would have just been PG as is. Yeah. yeah. But it's like like that where it's like nobody's beaching anyone off. I'll beat you off right now. It does, as funny as it is, it does make me kind of question, like, why? Like, was that worse than the PG thirteen rating? Like, they just like we have to have a beat off gag. It'll Let's be- see what did, what is it? Oh, let me see. Yo, but, uh, oh man, yeah. I forgot what I was gonna say now. All right, PG thirteen for suggestive references and brief that, language. This is very suggestive. So she says that like when they're like they're out skating, yeah. I just kind of hit on her. She just oh said, yeah, yeah, the cat calling. And I don't have a vagina. And I'm like, yeah. that's a little jarring for, like, if little kids are... Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I would say it's... I have all the genitals. Yeah, and like I said, it's the innuendo, too. Like, you, like stuff we're giggling about the children will have no idea. Do little girls even play with Barbies today? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I Target say anything. I mean, Barbies are still huge. They have, like, their whole aisle. I'm sure they do. They okay. have to. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but but even oh. like, well, yeah. But they have to. Rocket's well, got a super can like right behind him. Will introduce introduce him to it. Yeah, I was sitting beside like an elderly woman, and who I can only assume was her daughter, who looked a little older too. And the vibe I was getting from them was that they, you know. She had been collecting Barbies since like the sixties. They were living was, through America Ferrera. Upping the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Work for people on different levels. But I tell you this, there's one big thing that you probably won't want to have spoiled for you, and it won't be by the time you see it, but we'll we'll know what it is. It's a certain character that shows up midway through, then comes back and you realize who it is. Batman. And <laughs> but I tell you this, Nick and Randy, without giving away too much, when that character said their name, did y'all know was who it, it was then? Was, was the actor in an 80s sitcom? Yeah. I knew. Did y'all know who the character was supposed to be? Yeah. yeah. I, 
I like I made an assumption. I was like, oh, they're important. Yeah. Like I knew just who it was when they said the name. I'm like, oh, that's they are. Well, you're you're old. I mean, you were around when Barbie was created. Of course, hey. you knew. <laughs> that's wrong. Damn. Damn. So then, ask, what what's from that? a playing devil's advocate, from a marketing tactic here, if from what I'm hearing is like this is more for towards geared more towards adults than kids. Dude. Not that kids can't come watch, but you know, like they could say Barbie, one of the biggest dolls, from, you know, little girls and all that. You would think if they marketed towards kids this movie, the sales would go up in the toys department. If, say, a kid doesn't have a Barbie, but they want, you know, they're interested, they watch this. Do you see parents now, maybe swing the way the world is now? You you blink the wrong way, and someone's upset with you. Mm. It's do you see parents now the way the movie comes out? If they bring their kid. Ooh, we're not gonna get a Barbie. You know, I mean, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's just. Honestly and truly, the most like inappropriate thing in the movie is the beach off gym. Yeah. That, okay. Okay. I, the trailer came before Mario, which Mario was a kids movie. Kids movie, yeah. Full of kids, and they played the trailer in front of Mario with the beat off thing, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess we're in like. That is the most PG thirteen thing, right? Okay. But that's the like I said, that's the genius of it. I, I would like to, like, from a child's point of view, they they won't have any idea. No, they, they don't. They won't get it. And that's that's I the um, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you hope they don't get it. But yeah, it's, I still um, hope they say I it think... in front of their f- parents' friends. Uh, uh, and it's gonna be hilarious. A lot of kids are gonna be saying it. Yeah. That's probably going to happen. Like, little kids will just laugh at things because other people are laughing and then they'll go to daycare or whatever. I'll beat you off. I'll beat you off. (laughs) (laughs) Worth that? Was that scene, like, worth that potential? Yes. Fire? It was funny. A million times, yes. And it tends to make, like, just a PG Barbie movie. I don't know. It's who's to say. I don't know. And, like, Nick said, Nick mentioned, well, in. Uh, private chat uh, the movie leans it's the perfect balance because i think the genius thing they did was not make it straightforward an adaptation based on the property the intellectual property because that would have just been it would have been too corny or you know how yeah. it would have been i would have we would have bought the purpose yeah. and i think the irony is a lot of people aren't going to see no barbie they think that's what it's going to be they yeah. don't realize. Um, first of all, they a lot of people. Oh my goodness, uh, a lot of people don't know who Greta Gerwig is, which is sad. Right. And you know, I wanted to go see it just when that announcement was made. I don't care what which way they were going. I wanted to see it just because of that. And, and the um, the other writer, I forget his name, Blanken. Her dude, Ooh. Noah Baumbach. <laughs> yeah, that's her husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Yeah, it's good. I'm glad it's a hit. I'm glad both of the movies are a hit. Yeah. Yeah, brother. That's, God, that's why I wish Merritt would have fucking made made the show because that was that was his. I didn't know he went to see it. Like that was his. I'm not watching no Barbie. Like like his yeah, kids. His kids yeah. are with their moms, so like he was by himself. And yeah. I guess he went with his girl. And then all of a sudden, yesterday morning, yeah, I saw Barbie, 
And it would have been like a good counter. Like the three of us that have seen it liked it. He wasn't as high on it. Yeah, that's yeah. It it leaned into the campiness, and it's just like the people that were excited for the movie. It's not that it was just like oh, girls are excited for this, you know. It was it, you know people it, the people came dressed up, you know, doing all the shit like they knew. Like, they aren't dumb. They knew the kind of movie it was going to be. It wasn't just going to be a Barbie movie. It was real high camp over the topness. And it was that. And I, the fact that it leaned into that is why I think it works. And it works for everybody. It, it, up until now, there wasn't really a dialogue about, like, oh, men are going to hate this. Men, this movie's anti-man. Because it, it isn't. It's not. It, <laughs> into it it's now. just not. But, like... It, the reason it really works for everybody is because it's so silly, kind of the way that the Barbie characters were in Twist Street. Yeah. They were so, uh, like, it was so silly that they were, like, the unserious characters while everything was going on. It's like that. It's like a movie, like a two-hour movie of that, where it's like if you put them in the real world, like, you're going to have people that are like, fuck Barbie, like, fuck this. Dude, it's... And you, do that with the campiness. We're in a fucking time now where anybody, I feel like anybody that is getting offended by anything is going into that thing looking for something to be offended by. Oh, for sure. Fuckhead. Yeah, yeah, that dickhead politician who dressed like Ken. He had a notepad and he was talking about my producer dragged me to the movie. It's like, go fuck yourself. You're a grown man. No, (laughs) You weren't dragged anywhere. You're getting dragged on Twitter. Yeah. You're getting dragged. Got a million quote tweets and no likes. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, you know, no. it's one thing to not like a movie. I'm not saying everybody has to like yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. There are, right. You could go to Barbie and critique it. Say that, you know, this didn't work for me. Certain characters were unwritten for me. To me... The like the human characters were a little undercooked. She meets the little girl and you kind of go in thinking that she's going to have this relationship with this little girl for this reason. Then it turns out that's not really the case. Then we don't yeah. really go back to the little girl or why she feels the way about Barbie that she feels. We don't really address no. that. again. That's what I loved I- about it. It was pushing like all the like the first like 20, 30 minutes in Barbie land was like all this like superficial being perfect is the way da 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 da. And then she meets the kid and yeah. it, it, it completely goes left and the complete opposite. Oh, that's really good. You have to acknowledge that. And that's why I said doing a straightforward Barbie, you know, Barbie's race and ride, like the way they put out those like Barbie movies on DVD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Barbies. Do you own those? Cruise. Like, you couldn't just do that. <laughs> a Barbie movie today and not acknowledge why people love Barbie and why certain people might hate Barbie, why they might think Barbie is problematic, even though she's great. The only way to do that is to counteract it with that just campiness, that over the top, just having a blowout party with all my friends and then everybody's just dancing while they're talking. Like, you have to do that. Did you that's memorize like, the choreography? Yeah. That's what I'm <laughs> and, like, the kids are, like, doing their thing, and it's like, oh, they'll destroy themselves. Just them, like, doing rock, paper, scissors. 
Like, that shit was hilarious. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I was in there rolling laughing. Yeah. You I have... And now so Rocket's seen the whole movie. They take a shot at DC here. Like, there's a line in a movie that they take a shot at DC. <laughs> We're just like... And it's very brief. Like, I almost didn't catch it. Yeah, I know the one. It's definitely... I'm like, wow, they did that, huh? <laughs> a little dig at, like... It was more like dude broness of yeah. fandom yeah. or boy it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> movie or anything like that it's just more of like the dude broness of it all which I'm is what Simo Lu in this that's why so yeah it's... he was pretty great yeah and everybody in my theater laughed and I was like <sighs> I, I had this feeling and I was like <laughs> but I was like you don't know what that means. That's a, I was like, you don't know what the Snyder Cut is. And I was like, am I being a dude, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Let me not say anything. Was she talking about me? I was like, wait, I that? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe we're done. Yeah. Are we done? Barbie. It's what, um, I don't know. There's already been victims of the strike. Challengers got pushed back to April. Uh, Nick's favorite movie, like I said in the chat, White Bird, is already off the schedule. Well, hell, Doom. Doom Part 2. Yeah. Have they announced Doom got pushed? It's not official yet, but I think it's going to happen. I know they're talking about uh, Doom and Wonder Woman. Springs of just Warner Brothers. Like, they're saying Dune. Aquaman. I said Wonder Woman. Idiot. But not Wonka. I'm like, why would you push Dune? But they've got the same fucking guy. Do they have... Is Wonka, Aquaman, and the Color Purple all scheduled to come out within like five days of each other? Yes. Good thing they're all different genres. Again, again, I say it's like, what the fuck is this world? Like, what are we doing? (laughs) Yeah. But whatever. Barbie's a... Yeah. Yeah, dude. This strike is going to go... This strike might go the rest of the year, like... Who knows? It's like they would rather fucking push the movies than even have the talk. Like that, from what yeah. I understand, the conversations aren't even happening right now. Yeah. Uh, when, what is it, Iger? When when Iger announces his raise the literal day before actors go on strike, like they know what they're doing. Like, like I showed y'all, when Universal cuts the trees, all the fucking leaves off the trees, studio, yeah. studios don't get it. They just don't get it. Uh, and it's yeah, and this gear in particular, when I feel like everything we every episode we've done, every movie we've talked about has had an asterisk, like where we're like, yeah, the Flash. We did a Flash episode where instead of talking strictly about the movie, a lot of it was like that budget was fucking crazy. Though, like it's a flop because of its budget, and it's like instead of talking about a new Indiana Jones movie. Like, it's just a shame that it was such a flop because they were out of control. Even, like, The Fast and the Furious. Like, all these movies have just insane budgets. Every this studio. Year, this year in particular, and we are talking, we're always talking about, like, streaming and all this stuff, how there's just so much to choose from. And these you got actors that aren't seeing a dime for it. I mean, there was that girl, you know, these girls that were on Orange is the New Black. Yeah, to get part-time jobs. Yeah. Yeah. 
pennies in residuals for that show that everybody watched. Everybody watched that show. And there were like look, six seasons of it. Like Eric said though earlier, Eric said what? You said uh, the budget for Oppenheimer was 100 mil? Yeah. And you have these world-class actors who have won Academy Awards, been nominated, all that. And you can make a, a three-hour movie with, I know it had some CG in it and all that, but for 100 mil, and look at the actors. I mean, like I said, world-class actors, and yet, as much as I love Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones was a 300 mil. Like, what's going on here? You know, it's like, it makes no sense. And the Fast and the Fast 10, I mean, that was just... Your seat It bills. was like, Oprah was on there. 20 million, you get a 20 million dollar check and you get, it's like, that's the thing. It's like Vin Diesel was just handing out checks like it was candy. And that's the thing is that's where Universal and these studios, they could blame the actors, the writers and all that, but they need to blame themselves. They're yeah. the ones that tell people, you want to make a movie with us? Here is what you get. I don't care how good the franchise is. And if you don't like it, there you go. It's like, and most of it, it's like, okay, we talked, I think we were recording, but we talked about how how much everybody on Oppenheimer made. Is say Matt Damon, what he made, like $4 million. And yeah, we're like, three. oh, three. Matt, uh, Matt Damon. It's like, you make $4 million. You can survive on $4 million for a couple months. Like, let's say that's all the money you have to your name, and it's not if you're Matt Damon. Yeah. Or, Tom, <laughs> or anybody like that who makes that kind of money. That's why you aren't really seeing actors like that. And I think it's a good thing. A lot of people are calling out like Tom Cruise and all these people like you should be on the picket line or whatever. They aren't the face of what this strike is. It's the people who are only getting paid so much for, you know, being part of the ensemble cast of Orange is the New Black. You're getting paid so much to be on this one episode of Black Mirror. And you're here you go. And then your residuals, no matter how much you make, no matter how many people watch your episode of Black Mirror that you wrote or that you were in, no matter how many people watch it, you're only going to make, here's a dime for every time somebody watches it. Or here's a dime for every 100 streams or some shit. It's it's really that low. Like, yeah. It's yeah. how low it is. And it's the people like that who are relying on the residuals to keep, like, their health insurance through SAG, it's those people that are striking. It's those people who are like, I can't fucking live. It's like, yeah, you can make Mission Impossible 25, then everybody who's in that is fine, and it's all part of the deal. But it's mostly through streaming that these people aren't... I mean, they are, they're making, like, nothing. Like, even people yeah. like Craig will post his residual checks for, like, Degrassi will be, like, 25 cents. <laughs> it's like, I'm... Hey. Fine, but if he were relying on his Degrassi residuals to keep, you know, his health insurance to keep his SAG card and keep working, he couldn't do it. And so, yeah, it's, and it's like um, Sean Gunn called out specifically. A lot of people have problems with uh, Netflix and the advantage of the system that they took. Sean Gunn was yep. talking about Gilmore Girls, which is one of the most popular retro shows on Netflix, yep. and he's talking about they hardly see anything. And even the star of the show, but it's um, and then you got goofballs out there like I really don't care about uh, these actors. They rich, and 
and this is what we're talking about, like all of these actors are they, aren't Tom Cruise yeah. and making that type of money. That's why they aren't. It's like, yes, they need to speak out against it. And most of them are. I've heard yeah. the Tom Cruise been like in the room trying to have, but it's like, they aren't the face of it. So I think to have them out there, it would just be like, you know, let's get a picture of Tom with the sun. Yeah, it'd yeah. be a distraction. Yeah. yeah. You won't be focusing on, on the case and what it is. But yeah, Netflix really needs to do something. They took full on it. Nobody knew what streaming was going to be. Yeah. And therefore you can't put into, you know, put things into contracts. You don't, you can't predict the future if you don't know what it is. And Netflix knew that. They're like, oh, let's, let's, let's protect ourselves. And if anybody's smart, eh, we'll maybe throw them a little something. Yeah. Billions. Like you, like Bob Iger can get on there and talk about how these expectations are unrealistic. They're just unrealistic. Or somebody from Netflix. Yeah. Particular. They could be like, these are just unrealistic. Hey, Nick, you know where he said that? Yeah. Yeah. At the, at the billionaire retreat. Retreat. These are a billion retreat. Yeah. Look at Netflix. For them to have a show like Guilt on Netflix probably cost them money out of the ads. It was like for sure. Cost them how much a month or whatever to keep friends on there for as long as they did. And The Office, probably Breaking Bad, probably The Walking Dead shows that everybody watches on Netflix probably cost them insane amounts of money and then the actors and the writers and everybody involved with those shows don't see shit for how much it's being streamed on netflix and they're just like well there's nothing we can do Hmm. and it's like when you give adam sandler all your extra fucking money to go make the ridiculous six netflix puts out like 50 new things a week things that they don't even market things that they get rid of and cancel and it's like we don't need the kissing booth six, like you don't need to keep <laughs> over and over and over. It's like spend less on your own bullshit that you barely market. Yeah. And if that's so much in having shows like Gilmore girls and the office on there, it's like, see to it that that money is going to its proper avenues instead of just like funneling it into other shit that, I don't even see. I'm like, why am I even seeing the British Bake Off or like whatever ripoff of that that they have on there? I'm like, how did you afford this? If you have yeah. no more writers, you know. Yeah. Now that's BS because um, the one that they were talking about that got brought up a lot. Yes, the creator of Squid Game. Um, I think they paid him fifteen or twenty million. Nice, nice payday. Mm-hmm. But you know how how much money did Squid Game generate in revenue for Netflix? Yeah. A lot more. A billion? Nine, nine hundred million. Basically a billion. A Let's round more. up, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you think of all the merchandising and shit, people walking around in Squid Game shirts and Stranger Things fucking shirts. Right. You know, just you know, you think of this stuff like Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. It's like a 40-year yeah. song. It was someone's idea to put that song in that show. And it's like that person got paid to write the episode and probably nothing else. They're like, yeah, hey, that's it. Congratulations. You're going to make sense for the rest of your life off this episode. And it's like, how 
much has that song blown up in the last year, like one year, 365 days? That song's on the radio. And artists like, don't get shit off streaming residuals either. Yeah. Like, yeah. You think of all the shit that that has generated and all of that profit, everything is just Netflix. Like whoever is in charge of Netflix, whoever is show running Stranger Things. And it's just like, that's wrong. Like it's, it's yeah. like black and white. Like you're looking at it, it's like, well, it's a complicated issue. It's like it really isn't. Like you look at nah. it. <laughs> no. And that's the thing. Like I think the way there's two, two, two ways the writers uh, can be, can make money. Either A, if you don't want the residuals, fine. Pay them on the, whatever you're paying them for the to write an episode double double the wage, or do something to that. Or you want residuals? Okay, you're not going to getting off the streams. You get it in the ancillary department where whatever we make on products, whether it's shirts, um, toys, um, posters, whatever, you got to pay these people because without these writers, you have no show. I really uh the the writers and the actors need uh. The dude's mom who sung for Simba and the Lion King to go in there and negotiate because he's still getting paid off of that shit. Yeah, he's still getting the bag. Um, Michael Jordan's mom, like at the end yeah. of the air, says, oh, I'm assuming this was just an oversight. He's going to see money for every pair it's sold, right? And they just said, fuck it. It was like they took a game. It was a gamble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, look how lucrative it has been for all involved. It's like, yeah. you can still protect exactly. yourself as the. Nike the getting entity. paid, Michael Jordan getting paid, right. yeah. Because um, the movie Air covered a lot. They didn't cover. Um, Jordan had to hit certain incentives, and he hit them plus three. You know, it's a triple yeah. fold. And it's like you could be like, okay, 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 but Netflix can't roll right, the Joe dice Pesci. on everything that they do. Yeah. Not every Stranger Thing. It's like okay, yeah. true, but again, I say. Nobody is telling them to put out a billion things a year where just 10 years ago, 10 years ago, we had, they had two shows. They had House of Cards and Orange is the New Black. And they were like, all right, all right, let's see how they do. Now it's every week they put out some shit that they barely, they cloned Tyrone Friday. Is anybody talking about it? Oh, that's that's out. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Point, yeah, there we go. point proven. Serious. Point proven. Oh, is shit. it top ten movies on Netflix or not? I don't know. You, you would who would know no. that a new movie, Jamie Fox, due date is John Boyega is out right now. It's like yeah. every billion things. It's like nobody right. told that that's what you need to do. And is look at the top? random movies that do be top ten, like uh, Grown Ups and Rush Hour. <laughs> due date. Due date. Yeah, due date. It's like, Plus, is not even making profit off their shit. So it's like, why are That's you crazy? countless things? Nobody told you you had to make the movie about the kids that live soon, whatever the fuck that was. That they've already but removed. To make it, you chose to make it with the actors, the writers, and everything like that. You have to do it right. You have to pay them. You can't just spend all that money, blow it, put it on there. And then get rid of it in two months so you don't have to pay residuals on it. That's fucked up. Yeah. That's like lawsuit worthy, in my opinion. It's like you're lucky that there is just a strike going. It's not not. Nobody's I telling mean, these things. You're choosing to do that. I I mean, unless something gets resolved, and I think even whenever this does get resolved, you know, we've we're used to like you know NBC, CBS, like broadcast television. You know, they got like Friends. 
They're making residuals whenever that shit's on there. Now, on the contract, you know, when Netflix had them, were they making residuals even though they're being shot on Netflix? You know, we don't, uh, that I, yeah, exactly. So uh-huh. my thing about it is this is, I think even once this is done, the writers are going to have to, which sucks, you know, but this is the business. They're going to have to wave stuff that they want just to get this going. They, you know, you got to pick and choose your fights. They're going to get certain things, but I think going forward, if it's like, a, and that's the thing is it right now, from what I'm hearing, the poster child for the streaming services is Netflix. That's the yeah. So if it's like, say you do a streaming, say show on Peacock, which is terrible, but Peacock, <laughs> like the, the, the name of the streaming service is terrible. You know, that's NBC. Universal. That's still like a, a major broadcasting company. Are they doing residual residuals for them, even though it's a streaming service? But it is NBC, you know, like CBS Plus or whatever the heck. Are they doing, you know, because that is a broadcasting service. It's just. I think it's falling under Paramount. Yeah. Oh, they are. Okay. So my thing is, like, from what I'm hearing, Netflix is the sticking point because they don't want to pay nobody. But yet, like Nick's saying, stop putting out, first off, it's shitty content when you're putting out 50 million things out. And then, like, Stranger Things, if writers on those shows and Orange is, you know, New Black and all that, if you don't want to pay them residuals, great. Either pay them, double their salary, or pay them a little bit more, and then they get residuals off the ancillary stuff, off the T-shirts, off the... They don't... Not, now I see why they don't make Blu-rays, Netflix, don't put shit on physical no more. It's that, That's why. They don't want to do anything. So that's how... that This has to come to a head because... You got to pay the writers. Without them, you have no shows. You have no nothing. And yeah. right now, we're not feeling the effect of it now. Like Eric said, they're thinking about pushing Doom to 2024. The movie's already made. I think just release the movie, but it's a it's Denny Villeneuve. You know they have to have that marketing where the actors come out on the red carpet, that whole, you know, all that. Sooner mm-hmm. or later, we're going to hit a part next year where it might be months where nothing comes out. Yeah. And I'm fine yeah, with it. Yeah, it's going to catch up. But, like, it's like, obviously, I don't want that. But it's like, I lived through 2020. I've, I've done it. You know, I had never seen, you know, pushbacks on that level. Nobody really has. It was like, wow, they pushed back. It didn't get and hit. Not, and not only are the writers. I'm prepared for it now. The, right, the writers are going to pay the price, you know, and all that. Like, us right now, we're not paying it. What's, what is it? What it's, what it's going to kill? Is the movie theaters. Because sooner or later, remember, rewrite. Movie theaters are just now recovering from the pandemic to go back into something similar. Yeah. And it's yeah, not good. UDF fat cats don't care. No. As long as it's like, Warner Brothers isn't going anywhere. Disney, even if they, you know, there's talks that they're going to sell Disney to Apple or whatever, the average person won't know that. Disney's not going anywhere. Okay. But it's like, yeah, it might shutter your movie theater. If the whoever fucking wrote whatever your favorite episode of The Mandalorian probably can't eat this month. But it's like the average person doesn't know it. It's like that's their bottom line. They're like, well, fuck it. But and it's like, like, but, like this thing, streaming is going to kill the movie theaters. Yeah, not in a good way because of all this bullshit. Yeah, not in any kind of cool. You got shows yeah. like Pop, Belt. Even like Grey's Anatomy, shows like that that are so popular, 
they they still play on network television all the time. Yeah. Friends on any given channel, any given day, like you can find Friends reruns. Those actors and writers and everybody are making money off that until they die forever. Yeah. But it's these shows that came on streaming, these shows that only exist now on Hulu that aren't around anymore. And it's like they don't release any of their data. It's like, how do you know how many people watched Orange is the New Black season four this week? It could be millions of people. We don't know. And it's like, they're like, it's impossible to say. You can't possibly pay anyone. And I, I just feel like the, it's like, figure it out. Yeah, they, they know. They, they know. They know. They don't remember. want to tell us. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing. Remember, how do they know what's on the top 10 list of Netflix? Yeah. Because they know the motherfuckers numbers. watching. Because they know if they if they put the numbers out, some nerd out there will do the math and then oh, get, yeah. and then put a number out exactly how much everybody should be making. They're yep. out there about how, you know, the, you've got people saying direct quotes. They're like, this dude used to brag about how Orange is the New Black got more viewers than Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, I believe that, actually. It's like, no way. No, I 100% believe that. I believe that the Boss Baby 2 probably gets more streams on Netflix than Game of Thrones. Like, it, 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 people are on Netflix all the time. They're like, oh, it's impossible. It's impossible to know. It's like, this is your shit. You created, you monopolized home viewing. Like, you, you did it. In, like, 10 years, you completely changed the game. But it's like, it's on you to figure it out. Or it's like, they're just going to strike. Like, they're just, they've had it with that shit. Yeah, but uh, I think this is a good stopping point. Yeah. Uh, if you've seen Barbie, if you've seen Oppenheimer, Mission Impossible, drop a comment. Let us know what you thought. Next episode, if it's up to me, I'm kind of gonna want to nerd out over Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but <laughs> topic topic still in the air. Just know we'll be back in two weeks. I'll be back to wrap up this episode, bitch. Regularly. <gasps>